Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is safe and well and want to wish all the dads out there a very happy Father's Day. Hard to believe we are already two-thirds of the way through the month of June, and that means we are about five or six weeks away from the planned start of the NHL playoffs. Islanders will be meeting the Florida Panthers We will talk about some areas that the Islanders definitely have an advantage over the Panthers uh, as we take a look on today's show at some of those matchups. We also will talk a little bit more about the Coliseum situation, some Islander fans trying to take action with regards to the old barn and where the team may play next season. We have our Islanders birthday of the day plus some very beautiful renderings of the Islanders' new home at the Belmont Park Arena. We will talk about that as well. So, lots to discuss as we head into this Father's Day weekend. If there's something that's on your mind, please feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes from the world of the New York Islanders. All right, so we have talked about the Nassau Coliseum closing its doors indefinitely right now. Obviously, the reason for that, no events can be held there for quite some time, so Uh, Mikhail Prokhorov and the people who run the Coliseum unable to make any money off of it uh, for the foreseeable future. The earliest the Islanders could return to the Coliseum is when the 2020-2021 season starts. That's either November or December, and obviously that depends on how things play out with the coronavirus pandemic. So, uh, Some Islander fans trying to take things under control, trying to do something about the situation, and they set up a petition on Change.org to have the Islanders' ownership group, led, of course, by Mr. Malkin and Ledecky, to uh, push to have the Coliseum reopened for Islander games next season. So that's petition right now is at change.org. More than 400 people as of uh, yesterday evening had already signed the petition. The goal was 500. 
So again, check it out at uh, change.org. You can join them and sign the petition, and uh, we will see what happens. We still have yet to hear, by the way, from Governor Cuomo uh, with regard to his stance on the Coliseum. Obviously, Cuomo was instrumental in getting the Islanders back to the Coliseum uh, for next season as the original plan had it, and to have more games played at the Coliseum this past season. So a lot still up in the air. Look, I, I still think that when push comes to shove, the Coliseum is going to be made available for the Islanders to play next season, assuming that there are going to be enough fans in the stands. If there aren't going to be fans, again, it doesn't matter as much where the Islanders play their home games because fans can't get inside anyway. So we'll see what happens. Still too early, but again, to empower yourselves, to feel like you are trying to do something about it, Definitely a possibility. Go to change.org and uh, sign up. Now, on the Islanders' official website, as we look ahead a little bit, some wonderful artists' renditions of the Belmont Park Arena. And I'll tell you, you know, the exterior looks really, really nice. I mean, yeah, they drew it up in the summer, (laughs) so... Uh, or, or, so I guess it's a playoff drawing. You see the Long Island Railroad pulling up right near the arena in this artist rendition and fans streaming in from both the railroad and the parking area, a large tree laden, uh, you know, outdoor area. You see the arena itself, uh, inside. Yes, the scoreboard is centered at the Belmont Park Arena, You could see what the concourses look like in this rendering, Uh, the bars, the ticket office, and just all these areas. So much more room, obviously, than the old barn at the Nassau Coliseum. It is scheduled to open as of now, October of 2021. The capacity for concerts, almost 19,000, 18,853 17,113 will be the capacity for hockey, luxury seating, 1,278, premium seating, 3,084 seats. There will be outdoor terraces in addition to the uh, indoor concourse, and uh, according to the website uh, on the Islanders' official website, the Belmont Park Arena will have the highest restroom-to-guest ratio in New York. So, again, a lot of the things that the Coliseum did not have will be addressed, and a lot of things that were wrong with the Barclay Center for hockey will be addressed. We will have more bathrooms. There will be large, wide concourses. Uh, The scoreboard will be centered, the ice will be NHL quality, and it will be much more convenient to get to, whether by LIRR or by car, for people coming from both the city and Long Island. And look, I tend to be a little bit skeptical when it comes to these things. I know that this is, you know, public relations work. 
But I have to say, the arena really, truly does look beautiful, and I, for one, am really looking forward to seeing what it's going to look like when the Islanders take to the ice for the first time uh, in October of 2021. So, you know, look, it's a difficult time right now for everybody. Everybody can get excited about this inside look and outside look at what the Islanders' new home is going to be like and uh, gives us all something to look forward to. And if you need something to look forward to that tastes great, helps your body build and, and maintain its healthiness, but, you know, doesn't have a lot of calories or a lot of sugar, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are nut-free. Eight of them have nuts. All of them covered in 100% chocolate. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, Built Bars are soft and easy to chew. You actually enjoy eating the Built Bar. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber. Let's look at the mint brownie flavor, one of my favorites, had it the other day. 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's using the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's coming up on Saturday. Happy 24th birthday to left-winger Michael Dalcol, the former first-round pick of the Islanders back in the 2014 NHL entry draft. Dalcol playing his junior hockey primarily with the Oshawa Generals, then uh, got traded to Kingston in his final season in juniors. His best junior season, a 42-goal, 93-point effort in 2014-2015. Actually had 95 points the previous year, but three fewer goals. Made his NHL debut for four games in the 2017-2018 season. This year, really his first full year with the Islanders. So far in 85 career games, Dal Cole, 7 goals, 10 assists, 17 points, and 14 penalty minutes. This year he's played in 53 of the Islanders' 68 games, 4 goals, 10 points, and a minus 8 on the plus-minus. But, you know, Dal Cole, one of those guys that you still expect more from as he continues to develop and has to earn, I think, more top six minutes if he's going to get those better offensive statistics that you hope for. And we're going to go back and take a look at Dal Cole's first NHL goal. It came on January 17th, 2019 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders hosting their division rivals, the New Jersey Devils. Devils going with Mackenzie Blackwood in goal. Islanders with Robin Lehner. 
And this was one of those games that was a little more tight checking and more of a defensive battle in a lot of ways. Neither team had a lot of room, neither team getting a lot of opportunities, but it was the Islanders breaking on the board first, Anders Lee with his 17th goal of the year, Nick Letty and Jordan Eberle with the assist at 548, and the Islanders had a one to nothing advantage. Then Michael Dalcole had his magic moment, his first career NHL goal, Scotty Mayfield and Leo Komarov with the assist at 919, and the Islanders held a two to nothing lead. The Islanders got a power play at 14:28 of the first period. Blake Coleman of the Devils off for cross-checking, and the Islanders were able to take advantage. Jordan Eberle, a power play goal, his 11th from Nick Letty and Brock Nelson at 15:12. And after the first period, the Islanders held a three-to-nothing lead. That is the big reason why the Islanders kind of clamped down made this game a little bit less of an aggressive attempt to score a lot and just kept things as they were. No scoring in the second period, just one penalty. Kyle Palmieri of the Devils called for tripping with 29 seconds left in the period. Islanders were unable to cash in, and it was still 3-0 Islanders after 40 minutes. In the third period, Future Islander, but then New Jersey Devil, Andy Green scored to get New Jersey on the board. His third of the year, Damon Severson with the assist, and that goal came at 7.07. It was 3-1, and the Devils trying desperately to get back into it. They pull their goalie with more than two minutes left in the game, and Anders Lee takes advantage of that, puts his second goal of the game. 18th of the season, into the empty net. Josh Bailey, the only assist. Time of the goal, 17:51, And the Islanders skate away with a 4-1 win as our birthday boy, Michael Dalcole, gets his first NHL goal. He was a plus one in this game, had three shots on goal, and was on the ice. For 12 minutes and 49 seconds, Eberly with a goal and an assist. Nick Letty with two assists, but the big hero of the game with a pair of goals, Anders Lee. By the way, Dal Cole's first NHL goal was a game winner. Islanders defense did a very nice job of keeping the pressure off. Robin Lehner only making 16 saves only facing 17 shots in order to earn the victory. So happy birthday, Michael Dalcole. He is one of those guys, you know, he was the fifth overall pick in that NHL draft, still has yet to really fully realize his potential. And I would hope that very soon, Barry Trotz, and Michael Dalcole will both work hard to get him to that next level. He has a lot of ability, but he's really yet to find a niche. He, he, his experience in juniors and in the minors, you know, he's used to being a top six guy trying to score goals. So far, he's been a bottom six forward with the Islanders, and that means he's got to work harder, 
play more of that defensive checking game that Barry Trotz likes, and eventually he's got to prove he can earn those top six minutes, those power play minutes, and then we will see more from uh, Michael Dalcol production-wise. That is something that Islander fans have been waiting to see. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about this upcoming playoff series with the Florida Panthers. And, you know, the Islanders, we've talked a lot about where the Islanders need to improve, some of the things that they need to do. And and one of the things we talked about was the Islanders' power play. And, yeah, they're, they're ranked, what, 24th in the league, uh, less than 18% success rate, and it's very important when you look at the playoffs, as we've mentioned, to be successful on the power play. Well, one area that the Panthers struggle in is the penalty kill. Florida ranked 20th in the league, a 78.5% penalty kill efficiency. That means that the opposition is scoring at a 21.5% rate. And again, the Islanders' power play should be able to do more against Florida. The other thing that Florida truly is struggling with is they are 26th out of 31 NHL teams in goals against. And that is a big, big issue. And you have mixed feelings about it when you look at their roster. First of all, you have a coach in Joel Quenville who certainly knows how to win in the playoffs and knows how to play a defense-first approach. That is not the issue. However, you you know, this year, they simply haven't gotten it done. And Sergei Bobrovsky, who is an experienced playoff goalie, has had very mediocre statistics this year in front of that shaky Florida defense. A 3.23 goals against average and a 900 save percentage. Neither of those are the kind of numbers that are going to win you a lot of playoff games. So, again, defensively, the Panthers really not getting the job done, to say the least. And, you know, you look up and down their roster. They have defensemen who are capable, Anton Strollman, certainly well-known to New York area hockey fans from his stint with the Rangers, Keith Yandel, uh, Aaron Ekblad, very talented, but those guys, you know, especially Yandel and Ekblad, more known for their offensive contributions as defensemen than for their defensive contributions. So, and the other thing is, you got a lot of forwards on this Florida team who are not as conscious about playing in their own zone and back-checking and making plays defensively and are more concerned about putting the puck in the back of the net. And, you know, we talked about the Islanders and how, you know, they have 
three 20-goal scorers on their roster, one of whom scored almost all of his goals in Ottawa. We're talking, of course, about uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. But you look at the offense for the Florida Panthers, they are much more balanced and much more efficient offensively, but they sacrifice defense to do it, and you can't do that and be successful in the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is not the 1980s. You are not going to see a lot of games where in the playoffs, even in this play-in round, where you have some teams that are ranked a little bit lower in the standings, you are not going to see a lot of, you know, 6-4 victories in the postseason. So the Panthers have five 20-goal scorers in Mike Hoffman with 29, Evgeny Dodonov with 25, Jonathan Huberdeau with 23, Alexander Barkov with 20, Noel uh, Asiari with 20, and then Brett Connolly has 19. But so many of these guys, Hoffman, Dodonov, Connolly, they're minus plus minus guys. And a lot of players on this team, because of their success on the on the uh, power play, moderately, and the their offensive ability, but their lack of defense ability, these guys are minuses. Now, for the season, you know, the Panthers are explosive. We said, you know, they're sixth in the league overall in goals scored, but they are 26th. In goals against. And quite simply put, that's not going to get the job done when you look at uh, playoff hockey. It's just not the way it works. So we have to see. But the good thing uh, for Florida, we talk about, you know, their penalty kill not being very good. The way that they address that realistically is they don't take a lot of penalties. They are, right now, fifth in the league, or sixth in the league, excuse me, 500 penalty minutes as a team for the season. So an important area that the Islanders have to address is to force the Panthers to take foolish penalties. And how do you do that? I'm going to give you a very Barry Trotz answer. A very Barry Trotz answer. You outwork them. You go into the corners, you dig it in the corners, you win those 50-50 battles. You create havoc in front of the opposing goal, whether it's Anders Lee, whether it's Brock Nelson, whether it's uh, Cal Clutterbuck or Casey Sezikis. Get into those dirty areas, keep those feet moving, make the Florida Panthers stop you and pull you down and take penalties because they have shown a good amount of discipline so far this year when it comes to not taking those kind of penalties. And just by comparison, you know, the Panthers are sixth in the league in, you know, fewest amount of penalty minutes. Islanders have to do a little better in that area. They are 16th. So the big matchup realistically in this series, what you've got, an Islanders team that is very good defensively but struggles offensively, 
against a Panthers team that is very good offensively, but struggles defensively. And the old expression is, in in the playoffs especially, a good defense and good goaltending will beat good offense. We'll see if that holds true for the Islanders, but there are definitely areas they can take advantage of when facing off against this Florida Panthers team. And we're going to keep breaking it down for you as we get closer and closer to the series, and we will have some great analysis and, you know, look at this from a lot of different angles. But I'll tell you, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I think the Islanders should be the favorite when it comes to this series. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on this episode of Locked on Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great weekend, everybody. A happy Father's Day. Stay safe, and remember, each day gets us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders. See you Monday, everybody.